Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Okay, let's do a test on the mic here. One, two, hello, and you're very welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Owen Colgan. Today is the 23rd of the 1st, 2022. It's good to have you here with me tonight, Sunday night, the big, the 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 end, the end of the week, some people believe it to be, and some people believe it to be the start of the week. Um, whatever way you see it, I hope you keep them well. I'm coming in hard, I'm coming in tough, I'm coming in mean this week on this week's podcast. Hope you're keeping well. I'm very excited to share quite a lot of news with you tonight, including uh, a story which I'll get to later on in the podcast, and it's basically the time I lost my virginity. And it's not just the actual details of what happened that night. And it was a great time, trust me on that. But it's actually the, the preamble and the retro situation. That's even, that's not even a word, actually. I mean, what I'm trying to say is the stuff that went on before the night in question happened. We're going to get to that a bit later on in the podcast. But first, big shout out to Cyril Gane for his win in the UFC, making him the pretty much the toughest man in the world Cyril Gane was defeated by his ex-teammate Francis Gano. Why does it sound like I'm reading this off a page? I'm not. I was just trying to find something there on the laptop. I found it and we're back. So basically, um, if you were watching the UFC the weekend, UFC 270, you would have seen that um, Francis Ngannou, who has won... No, sorry, I think all of his fights now are finished with the UFC. So that means that he's a free agent, but... Dana White never even bothered coming into the ring to put a belt around him. So what does that say about Dana White? It says he's got no respect for Francis Ngannou, the Cameroonian heavyweight champion of the world right now. Dana White and himself, they're going to come to blows very soon if the financial situation is not sorted. We all know that Dana White is dodgy. He loves money. So I don't know what's going to happen there. He's going to play hardball, but he's already playing hardball with John Jones and he's playing hardball with... um, What's it, Henry Casudo, whatever you call that lad. Anyways, we'll see what happens on that. What I was thinking, though, about the um, about the whole situation with Francis Ngannou being the heavyweight UFC champion of the world, what that actually meant to me was that... Okay, I'll put it to you like this, right? Imagine walking into a pub in Sligo, a really tough man pub, and it's full of dudes there. And everyone is really tough. But there's one lad in the corner and he's playing pool and he's got a few tattoos and he's smoking inside and he doesn't care because he's the toughest man, not only in that pub, but in that village. People have seen him fighting. People have seen the way he throws shapes after nightclubs. He's got a name around town not to be messed with. Now, you know the kind of guy I'm talking about, right? You'd be kind of wary of him and you'd be like, how are you getting on, Kev, Tony, whatever the name may be. Right, so, and he's tough, he's had plenty of fights over the years, he's fought lads from different towns, sometimes the lads from other towns have won, sometimes they've lost, sometimes you, you go into a bigger town, and there's a bigger dude in that town, and he's, in, he's as tough as you can get, but, there's more, then you go into the city, and you're getting all kinds of tough dudes walking down the street, throwing shapes, you don't know who's tough, you don't know who's the toughest, but what I'm telling you, tonight, is no matter what pub you walk into in the world, whether it be in Russia, it could be in Nigeria, could be in Sweden, could be in Mexico, could be in Cameroon, it could be in, where else could it be, Australia, 
Argentina. Just trying to get everywhere on the map just so no one can say anything to me. And it could be Cyprus. So what I'm saying is no matter what kind of tough dude you bump into in the pub, they won't be as tough as Francis Ngannou, the toughest man in the world right now. We're going to move on from that because um, that's enough to do with fight and fight and talk. But um, Valentine's, I don't know if I was saying this to you last day, but Valentine's is around the corner and I'm wondering, are you buying anything nice for the partner? Or what's the plans? Or do you get involved in that kind of stuff? Do you like to buy, to buy flowers? If, if you're going buying flowers, buy them now. If you're going to buy chocolates, buy them now. Don't be waiting around because I've seen them. I've seen them already putting the Easter eggs on the shelves. So I would say get in there quick if you're into Valentine's. Maybe if you're not into it, I don't know. Like, uh, am I into myself? Well, let's just put it to you like this. Ten years ago, in I was in Limerick. I was living there for a few weeks. I was dating this lady who I'd met in a shop. Um, we were buying the same thing off the shelf. We got talking, a bit of giggling going on. I said, listen, can I get your number? We'll meet up one of the days. We'll go for a nice walk. So we did meet up. We went for a nice walk and we went for a drink. Went into the pub. She ordered a Red Bull. So I said, OK, I'll, I'll order a Red Bull as well, thinking that that was a smart thing to do. And I ended up kind of getting semi-panicky on the Red Bull. And uh, she was wondering why I was so uptight. But anyways, we started walking anyways. And we we're walking around the town. And we we're looking at all the different shops in the windows. And um, I walked into the shop and I bought her a chocolate bar. I bought her a Ripple. I don't know if you've ever eaten a Ripple, but they're very tasty chocolate bar, very low on calories, but very high in taste. And I gave it to her and I said, there, I got that for you. And she said, that's the most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me. I said, thank you very much. And um, we finished the chocolate bar and that was it. We never met again. She turns out didn't like me. That's fine. Didn't mind that. Didn't bother me. And um, these things happen. But that was a very romantic moment for me. I'm asking you the question tonight. Are you romantic? Now, moving swiftly on, before we do get into the meat and veg of today's podcast, which, or sorry, tonight's podcast, I should say, which will be talking about the times around I lost my virginity, the build up to it, how scared I was about the day that it happened and how much it took over my attention and my my need I felt like I needed to have sex that was the thing there was a lot of pressure on you and it was very like you must do it you have to do it. your mates have done it maybe you should do it pressure on you so I had to I had to get uh, I had to have sex so to speak but um we're going to get on to that later on but first I was talking to someone today and they were telling me there are three sexiest people that they liked in the 90s actors right this is a, a woman was telling me this and she said to me, Sean Penn. And I was looking at pictures of Sean Penn then in the 90s. I was like, he, he's a fucking chancer, that lad. Um, David Hasselhoff. I was shocked by that one. But then I looked at pictures of him on Baywatch and Knight Rider. And I was like, you know what? He's going around there with his leather jacket or his surfboard. And he's got a good body. And he's a tall lad and he's in good shape. And he's very confident. And he's always the leader of the TV show, whatever he's on. So... I can see where that's come from. And then Hugh Grant. And I could never, ever take to Hugh Grant. Ever. Never liked him. I always thought he was a bit pompous. You know, the way he'd be going on, like, saying things in a very... I'm a bit innocent, but I'm also going to say this very eloquently. And you'd be listening to him going, just fucking shut up and just say your line, mate, would you? But I ended up watching The, the Gentleman. And a uh, great movie. I don't really remember now who the director was. It might have been... Tarantino 
Oh no, you know what? It was Sky, uh, Guy Ritchie and uh, Hugh Grant was in it and Colin Farrell's in it and Matthew McConaughey's in it. Now I'll say, I don't like Matthew McConaughey. I just can't take him. He's, he's this gither about him where he's always going on about how oh, he's some sort of cowboy or a bit of cracker. He's always, he always knows the right thing to say because his father brought him up that way. I don't want to hear it, Matthew. But I will say this, in this movie, The Gentleman, if you get a chance, check it out. He did very well, loved his role, and I loved Hugh Grant's role, and I love Colin Farrell's role in this movie. And I'm going to give that 10 out of 10. If you get a chance, check it out on Netflix. If you're from Netflix and listening to this podcast, if you want me to start reviewing some things on there, please give me a shout. I'm up for the job. And um, I was actually, you know, giving back who I thought was the, who were my favourite actresses or uh, singers were in the 90s. Or, or people that, not even more singers, but like you know, famous people. And I went, one of them was Pink. And I used to be mad into Pink in school. And people would always say to me, would you not be into Mariah Carey or, or someone else that was knocking around at the time? I was like, no, I, I'm a big fan of Pink. And I almost went to one of her concerts one time. I was queuing up for tickets in one place. I think it was Ticket Vision or Extra Vision or something. And when I got up to the counter and I said, sorry, we're all out of pink. We're all out of pink tickets. So I was like, well, I'm not up here for pink tickets. Anyways, I pretended I was up there for something else, but I was gutted. So I'm a big fan of her, a big fan of Cameron Diaz. Back in the day, I used to love watching her movies, but I kind of went off her then. I don't know what happened. I kind of got sick of the same role all the time. And that's kind of what happens, I suppose, with movies and everything. You know, when you get to see too much of them. So... After a while then, I spent about six years really liking Cameron Diaz and then another six not really caring about her too much. And the final person that I chose of my three favourite actors, or sorry, actresses or singers or, you know, socialites or whatever. My, my third pick was Sandra Bullock. Now, we're moving on nice and sharply to the main part of tonight's podcast. That is losing my virginity in Galway and what what happened at the time, right? So this is what the crack was. I grew up in Mayo. If you're not from Mayo, this is the west of Ireland and I grew up and I had no internet. I had no TV stations. I had no one to ask these questions to. And I didn't know what was going on. But all I knew was the pressure that people used to put on each other was you have to have sex that was the thing you had to do it when you turned 18 you had to do it that was the pressure that was being felt by myself and plenty of people around me men and women and that was I don't know where that pressure was coming from but anyways it was there so because another thing as well is right you have to remember that our parents you see they'd be married in their 20s and they'd be having kids 21, 22 so they wanted you to maybe something there was something in it there where they wanted you to start a family early so Maybe society wanted you to be out riding early. So what happened was, I was in Galway. I was about 17 at the time. Just moved out of Mayo. I had to go out there and find my own feet, you know. And my parents were like, well, you go, you go, don't come back, but go. Make sure you do go. And that's the, before I went out the door, I'll never forget it. My father said, just enjoy yourself. Go up there and enjoy yourself. Have a good time up there. And come back if you want, but don't come back too much. Just stay gone. The further, you, the longer you stay gone the better it'll be for everyone. I was like, right, thanks, Dad. That's a bit of a confusing message, mate. 
but he didn't mean that really. He wanted me to come back. I know well he did. Even if every weekend when I was there, he wouldn't even be there because he'd, he said, and if someone told me this, they shouldn't have told me, but they were saying that he couldn't take it. He was so sad to see me go, go again on the Sunday. So basically what I'm trying to say is I, I moved to Galway anyways and living in different houses and different places like that. And, you know, you'd be going out and you'd be doing a lot of kissing, like a lot of shifting. And you'd be a bit, a bit more, sometimes a bit more. You know yourself, people would be out looking for a bit more. Galway City, as you know, if you've been there, if you've ever been to Galway City, you'll know where it's, it's a town where people are out having a bit of fun. They're out to do a bit of kissing, a bit of snogging, out to have the crack and out to enjoy themselves. And if not, they'll finish up, get themselves a kebab after. That's fine. So I was there anyways, and I was up to have a good time, and I was living in Galway and kind of like a student weekend, I think it was, or a student week. It was just like rag week, they used to call it. Now, I wasn't even in college, but I used to partake in all the holidays that the college celebrated, including rag week. I'd be out for the whole week. It was a good time to meet local headers, meet people who were as crazy as yourself, potentially meet a partner or a soulmate and go out there and have a bit of fun for yourself. And that's what it's all about. So I was going out and it was my friend, and I think it was the Wednesday of the Rag Week. And that's a, that's a guess now, to be honest. But let's just pretend it was the Wednesday of the Rag Week. The Wednesday of the Rag Week was sort of like when everyone had been warmed up by the crack. And they were looking to have just a good night. Go to a nightclub, do a bit of dancing, see what's about. Get a bit of food after. Go back maybe to Langan Village or one of those places. Or Gortnacaraba or Killard or somewhere like that. And have a bit of fun. You know, have a bit of fun, a bit of kissing, a bit of smoking cigarettes. You know, stuff you have to do when you're young and you're having the crack, right? So anyways, myself and the boys, we found a nightclub. So we went into it and we went in there early, okay? Nothing wrong with it. We got a nice corner for ourselves and we'd buy a round of drink and have a couple of drinks and we'd be having the fun. We'd all be talking to each other, but we'd be kind of secretly not knowing what's going on. We'd be secretly nervous. Because you wouldn't know where the night's going to go. You wouldn't know where you'd end up. You wouldn't know who you'd end up talking to. You'd be worried that maybe they'd be talking to people and you wouldn't be talking to anyone. So you'd be sitting there in the corner just semi-kind of excited but also semi-scared. Now the nightclub was called, I believe it was called the GPO. And I forget the name of the street but it was called the GPO nightclub. It's closed now. It's a shame. It was a great place. No more than Cuba nightclub. No more than Boo Radley's nightclub. No more than... CPs, no more than Halo, great nightclubs in Galway. People would dance the night away. And it was going to be no different this night in the club. So the club started filling up and there I was on the dance floor, spinning the toes, the belt up to the last buckle and me just absolutely enjoying myself on the dance floor. Going from the dance floor to the bar to the smoking area, back to my seat and doing a rotation of those seats or those locations with my friends Maybe we'd meet up along the way. Maybe we'd say hello to each other. Maybe we'd share a cigarette together. But we were having fun. And anyways, it seemed like around one o'clock in the morning. I didn't have a watch on me. I was just guessing. But I remember I said, OK, I'll go over talking to this person over here. And we'll have a nice time together, hopefully. And I went over and it was we started talking and getting on really well. And it turns out she said to me, what did you? And I was 17. So I said, oh, I'm 18. What are you? She goes, oh, I'm 19. I was like, oh, all right, that's cool. Yeah, sure, that didn't bother me. You know, trying to play the cool dude, like, even though there was a year between us, you know, she could have been considered a cougar. I know. But 
we anyways we uh, started talking and getting on very well we had a beer together a bit of kissing then in the nightclub and that was great that was a really nice feeling good for the confidence you know kissing and we're getting on really well and talking like we'd known each other all of our lives and then she says to me do you want to come back to the house and I said oh yes yes indeed thank you very much so we hopped into a taxi straight away and I think I paid for the taxi not that that's a problem anyways but I'm just putting it in there it's just information and got to her house anyways in I forget the name of the village now but it was out towards Westside and um, anyways landed into the house had a cup of tea for ourselves drank that very slowly watched a bit of television she said to me do you want to come into the bedroom I said yes please that'd be great so went into the bedroom anyways the lights were kind of on so they were put off then and a bit of a side lamp was put on and it was a lovely lighting everything looked great there was a bookshelf there that looked nice the moon was just outside the window just the curtain you could just open the curtain slightly and I could see the moon there and I was like thank god the moon is here with me tonight give me a bit of company and watch over me as I potentially have a good time for myself here with my soulmate I thought at the time and anyways we end up getting jiggy jiggy inside the sheets and great time and then after that was finished we just lie there and we talked to each other and we had a great conversation and we um, talked about living in Galway she was from Galway I'm still from Mayo talked about the differences of two, the two different counties but at the same time we got on really well and it was such a nice time for myself as well and I really enjoyed it and I would just say that it was a 10 out of 10 experience for me and that's just a story that I wanted to say to everyone out there and that's what happened there but you know back in the day there was a big emphasis put on you know having sex that was the thing now people were like so obsessed with it they're like you have to have sex that's what you have to do and it wasn't really now a national school I went to a very small national school so I never really had the pressure there when I was in that school but when I went to secondary school it seemed like it was a big topic on people's minds and it got me kind of all confused because I didn't really know what to do with that kind of stuff because again I didn't have the information in the first place people have to remember that this country right the country that we're in right now Ireland has changed so much you wouldn't know it back in the 90s back in the early 90s there was no internet so if you wanted to know information about something you had to go into the library or you had to go into the video store the video shop whatever you want to call it and uh, figure it out for yourself but nowadays you can pull up the phone and you can just pretty much ask it any question you want which is amazing when you think about it but when it came for me and it came for like you know the whole having sex virginity that kind of stuff I was like I don't know what's going on here I don't know how this works I was just like a, a lamb into slaughter like not really knowing how it's like trying to play FIFA 98 without knowing any of the buttons and that works for both sides of the party you know and uh, I'm very happy the night happened it was great fun but you know before that and any, and again my point being you know there's a lot of emphasis put on it them days I don't think there's so much emphasis nowadays which I think is a good thing I think but I don't know because I'm getting on I'm getting old Shrug, I can't comment on this um, anyways, folks, I'm going to move on to a different topic now, just before I get down to a question that I got sent in by 
a local header. But um, I have the car up for NCT now at the moment, so I'm hoping you'll all say a prayer for me. It it's got service the other day. Thank God there was no problems with the engine. There was a couple of problems with the bearings. The mechanic, myself, we met up, we talked. He told me a lot of things about the car. He looked at me. I hadn't a clue what he was talking about. But I had to pretend, because I'm a man, I had to pretend I knew exactly what he was on about. So what I was doing was, my technique was this. Every time he'd say something, I'd say it right after. And I'd look at him going, yeah. So he said to me, yeah, you might have to get one of the barons in the back done there. And I just went, barons on the back done there, yeah. And he kind of looked at me, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of worked for three or four minutes until he copped. And then he was like, we're going to have to um, also check one of the pads at the back. It seems like one of them has slipped. And he looked at me going, go on, I dare you to repeat it. And I kind of forgot what he said. So I said, do you, want, you want to get some pads, is it? And he kind of looked at me and goes, ah, sure, look it. What I'll do is I'll fix it up for you anyways. I'll, I'll do it. And we'll sort the bill out then after that. And I said, no bother at all. And this guy, he's like the Albert Einstein of cars. He knows exactly how to fit and match and make and push and pull and turn everything in a car. And I'm going to give him a big shout out. But please, God, the car gets through the NCT. Please do say a prayer for me. And now we're going to move on to the question of the week. Now, I got a question in during the week. What do I think of the celiac disease diet? And I was like, I haven't a clue what that is. So I had to check up online and it said that if you have celiac disease, you'll no longer be able to eat foods that contain any barley, rye or wheat, including farina, never heard of it, semolina, durum, couscous and spelt. Many foods such as meat, vegetables, cheese, potatoes and rice are naturally free from gluten, so you can still include them in your diet. So then I was thinking, you know what? It's not too bad. There's plenty of things you can be eating there. But then I thought to myself, so I went online and I said, I had a look and I said, eight foods to avoid when you have gluten intolerance. And I'm going to go through them now, if I can find them here now. It also says you've got to give up most baked goods, like, uh, let me see what baked goods they have. Cakes, cookies, pastries, donuts, pretzels, come on. You've got to give up noodles, spaghetti, ganache, uh, dumplings, some snack foods like pretzels, chips, cookies, candy bars, certain beverages like beers, uh, bottled wine coolers, drink mixes, several processed foods like egg substitutes, canned soups and soup mixes, certain ice creams. So, you know, when you get down to it, flavoured tofu, when you get down to it, you've got to give up a lot of things. So I don't really know a whole lot about that Um sort of diet you know gluten free diet we'll say but it sounds like some foods you just have to stay away from them and I suppose if you eat enough donuts or anything processed you're going to be fucked like but um, anyways that's enough talking from me because I don't really know what I'm talking about but I wanted to give a big shout out as well to one of the listeners who's in Tenerife now at the moment hope you're having a good time out there in sunny Tenerife 17 degrees out there and I hope you've packed the shorts, the cream, the water, and well, that's it. That's it, really. You know, the passport, I suppose, is another important thing to bring with you. And have a great time out there in Tenerife, and we'll hopefully see you soon. And to everybody else, 
to who listens to this podcast, thank you very much for your support. I really do appreciate it. And I really want to give a big shout out to all the Patreons that support this podcast. Thank you so much. Really means a lot to me. And also I want to give a big shout out to Golden Bake Jambons for their continued support. Your delicious jambons continue to rock my world. We've got big news coming soon as well with a brand new tasty jambon that's going to be on the market. And can't wait to taste that. And also to BCR Construction, my good friend Kieran is looking for lads to go labouring on the sites. In fact, not labour, but well, I mean, you would call it labouring, but it's like electricians, sparkies, um, wood, woodies, chippies, you know, the crack yourself. So do give him a shout if you want to work in such an industry. And the link there is in my bio there on Instagram. And besides that, folks, thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you have a great start to the week. Tomorrow's Monday. As Jock Willink would say, go out there and get it.